Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. What's up, what's happening, everybody? And welcome back to the 123rd episode of the Uptempo Podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight we're here to talk about the Auburn Tigers. We're bringing on a special guest by the name of Dustin Smith. This is his third appearance on the Uptempo Podcast, and we're excited to have him. There's a lot to talk about the Auburn Tigers, man. Uh, Dustin's going to give his thoughts. We're going to talk about uh, TJ Finley, Robbie Ashford. Uh, where does this quarterback battle go? Okay, what does Brian Harson have up his sleeve? What is going to happen next week against San Jose State? What did Dustin think about the offense? What did he think about the offensive line? What did he think about the wide receiver room? Some of the new little gadgets that were thrown into the offense by offensive coordinator Eric Kiesau. And then we're going to flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Jeff Schmetting leading that defense. And we're going to get Dustin's thoughts on the secondary and uh, the defensive line. And uh, we know Cam Riley and how great he played last night. So, hey, can't wait. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Going to eventually ask Dustin, in this episode, uh, give me a team that stood out to him besides Auburn uh, in in the week one of college football. Maybe it's inside the SEC, maybe it's outside the SEC, and also one team who did not stand out in his opinion. Maybe one team that uh, was a failure to him that was getting a lot of national uh, national headlines and hype. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to kick it right over here to the Billy Up Sports Network, and then we're going to get Dustin right in here and get this thing going. War damn evil, y'all. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome back in, everybody, and today we're joined by a special guest, Dustin Smith. This is his third appearance on the Uptempo Podcast, and we're here to talk about the Auburn Tigers. Big win yesterday to kick off the season, 42-16 to over Mercer, and there's a lot to talk about, man. Dustin, how you doing today? Good, brother. I'm excited to be on and talk some football with you. We've done some baseball before, and I enjoyed that. But let's do, let's do the big deal right here, the big show, football. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, hey, 42-16. to 16, uh, A lot of stuff that went on last night in that Auburn game, including a, a so-called lightning delay uh, downpour. Uh, and you, you come back out there in that second half, and all the fans are gone. Uh, you know, a, a couple stayed around. And uh, it was just a weird game from start to finish, man. 
Yeah, well, you know, kind of carrying the momentum of baseball season into football, getting a rain delay there right off the bat. <laughs> I, I've been to a couple of season openers myself, uh, Arkansas, and what would have been 2014. Mm-hmm. That was a season opener. Uh, it stormed there. We probably had a two-hour delay and mm-hmm. uh, left that one soaking wet. So definitely a thing. Let's get them out the way early and uh, maybe have some nice weather next week. And I'll be at Penn State. You'll be at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Praying for good weather that one too. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited about that one, and, and I'm excited about this quarterback competition and everything, Dustin. But first, before we hop into this Auburn game, man, I know uh, the earlier games in the day, there was a lot to watch. You had teams like Arkansas, Cincinnati, Georgia, and Oregon, and, and things like that. Uh, NC State and ECU was a classic down to the wire. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Dustin, uh, what is one team – uh, that really, really showed you something yesterday, and one team that was getting some national headlines that might not have showed out to you. Uh, well, it's kind of hard to ignore what Georgia did as much as oh. I want to, but <laughs> just I guess the the talk kind of was when you lose that much talent, mm-hmm. what's it going to look like? And <laughs> it look looked fine, and that's uh, for anybody out there that's tried to because I've definitely have had these conversations over the summer. Uh, with, a, with a big portion of our fan base. If you try to poo-poo on recruiting, mm-hmm. that's what recruiting does right there. Mm-hmm. You just reload. And um, I think that game also kind of highlights the ridiculousness of preseason polls because I think we can all agree that Oregon is not the 11th team in the country. Absolutely. So, uh, but, like I said, it's hard to ignore those guys over there. Um, and then I would say, man, like on an overall, we... <sighs> We kind of live in this echo chamber, right, as Auburn fans, where we listen to all these Auburn podcasts. We were subscribed to all these Auburn websites. We read mm-hmm. all this stuff about Auburn. And we're focused on, okay, our quarterback battle. Calzada, Ashford, Chandler, you know, that, our whole offseason is on Auburn problems. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched A&M yesterday. I watched Ole Miss yesterday. I watched Arkansas yesterday. I watched all these teams in the West for a couple hours away from the LSU game here that they we don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. And the point I'm making is, is I see problems everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no perfect team. So my big takeaway from it is is other than the top spot in the SEC West obviously has a clear favorite, but other than that, man, from two down to seven, I think it's I think it's up for grabs and mm. definitely definitely a good thing for our Auburn Tigers. And I'm impressed with Florida. Uh, first game, mm. new head coach, and to have a, a team like that, Utah, that is established, is a good team. Um, they know what they're going to do. Versus you having you playing your first game, you know, going in there, going into the swamp. Uh, I thought I thought Utah was going to pull it out, but um, Florida stood tall, and they're off to the, they got they're off to the right track in recruiting, and uh, that's a big win right there to to get it going. So watch out for the Gators over there too. Yeah, Dustin, man. First thing I wanted to talk about there, you mentioned Georgia and the Will Old Machine, and. Uh, just not missing a beat, man. Just coming back, the offense looked even better this year and in game one than it did all of last year. And I really want to talk about Stetson Bennett, man. I want to highlight him because we heard in the offseason, like, hey, Stetson, even though he come back, he might not be the starting quarterback the entire year. I see all these polls. Uh, they're like, who are, the, who are the top five SEC quarterbacks? And Stetson Bennett's nowhere in any of them. And for him to come out yesterday – and he torched Oregon from the opening kick. He threw it all around the yard, man. And I know Oregon's secondary isn't an SEC-caliber secondary, but still, man, he looked just on point. And 
I mean, he's a top five quarterback in the SEC. So I was really impressed by Georgia, Stetson Bennett, and and their defense. Just I mean, it, it's they're the next Alabama man. Uh, they're they're really really good. And Dustin, like you mentioned, man, you watched Arkansas, you watched Ole Miss, and Texas A and M. That one early, man. I mean, Haynes yeah. King, Haynes King. I don't know if he's the guy. I think there is a quarterback competition over there in Aggieland and College Station, man, because Max Johnson's got to get a shot because uh, what we saw in that first half from Haynes King, that's just not it. They're going to get drummed when they make that trip to Tuscaloosa. And I agree with you on two through seven, man. I think it's up for grabs. And and I like like we were just talking about before we started recording, man, Jackson Dart, he didn't look special in, in, against Troy in Ole Miss's debut yesterday. And K.J. Jefferson, he had his struggles. I know they were playing a top-20 team in Cincinnati, but uh, there, there was some times where, where he made some bad throws, he was off, and it just it didn't look good at times. And like you said, man, we heard all this stuff about Auburn and how bad the quarterback position was, and you even mentioned LSU. They come out this morning on Twitter and announced Jaden Daniels as their starter. Heck, oh, we're, yeah, they, I didn't see that. Yeah, they, they released it. Uh, one of the big uh, – I had him on the podcast, Preston Guy. He's one of LSU's beat writers, man. And uh, he posted it this morning that Jaden Daniels is the starter tonight. And even with that, man, like we don't know – you know, we're going to see it against Florida State tonight. I'm not sure, you know, what Florida State's like. Right. I watched them week one. They played Decane. They run for like 400 yards, but it's Decane, you know. So uh, there, there's a lot of question marks, man, and, and I agree with that 100%, Dustin. Yeah, it's um, it could be one of the years, man, where from from the second spot to the to the seven, everyone's kind of floating around six and six, eight mm-hmm. and eight. Maybe somebody like A&M, maybe would think, but somebody can come out 9-3. and three. But um, it's definitely going to be it's gonna be up for grabs. I, I think it's going to be one of them deals where I think the whole division will make a bowl. I mm-hmm. think everybody will at least have six wins. But uh, it's going to be interesting week to week because I don't think there's just not a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. And the good thing for us is eight of our 12 games are at home. So... Yep. Most of our question marks are not going to be on the defensive side, mm-hmm. and you got eight games at home and a really good defense to lean on. Or we're going to have our shot. Yeah, Dustin, I, I agree with that, and and like you said, the eight games at home, man, and and talking about that defense, I do want to hop in here to Auburn, and this and this first game against Mercer, man, and looking at that defense. Right. Who stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, that's the first thing I'm going to ask you here, Dustin. Well, it's obviously Cam Riley is a player of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 15 tackles in his first start. And uh, he was just everywhere. Mm-hmm. He was everywhere. His uh, I got the pro football focus numbers pulled up for the defense. And he was uh, he got an 86 rating and tackling. That's just ridiculous. Mm. And the, his overall was uh, 80.5. He was the second second uh, highest rated guy. And the first was De- uh, Desmond Tisdale, but he only played nine snaps compared to Cam's 52. So, mm. obviously Cam Riley. And then uh, the interior defensive line, Marcus Harris had a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquise Burks had a great game. I'm really getting in the interior of the D-line. I thought that they played really well. And we showed, uh, we showed a lot of depth. So, yeah, man. Uh, any any anything uh, red flag or a question about the secondary, Dustin? I, I thought they, you know, a lot of Auburn fans, 
Uh, they get on Twitter and everything, and they criticize the secondary. But, man, overall, I did not think they played bad. I love Auburn's secondary from side to side this year. Uh, we know last year the secondary, uh, the going from side to side, man, it was a struggle. Um, there was some some uh, broken coverages last year. And I think this year, man, they're, they're overall – uh, they're going to be able to cover a little bit better than last year, even though with the loss of Roger McCray. So how did you feel about the secondary last night? I'm not worried about the secondary at all. I saw mm-hmm. the same things that you saw, but um, the potential's there. DJ James got a lot of reps. Uh, Keontae Scott was all over the field. Absolutely. Um, Nehemiah's going to be fine. Like, there's just – you're working – you know, it's a, you got a new coordinator. And I know the system's similar, but it's, it's different. And mm-hmm. – we pretty much were in base sets. There wasn't. There was a couple blitzes. I love seeing Donna Coltman blitz up the middle. That was creative. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty vanilla defensive game plan. We didn't show a whole lot. We pretty much just rusted the D lineman and left it that. It wasn't anything exotic. So it's the first game. It's a bunch of new starters back there. It's a new group. Mm-hmm. Um, and like me and you talked about off air, it, it definitely looked like prepared for uh, a pass rush and it was in their game plan to get the ball out very very quick yep. they did a lot of they did a lot of different things to just get the ball out i'm kind of confused at how some of these stats were recorded i definitely thought that Derek hall had a sack um and i've seen in some places it was recorded as a sack i've mm-hmm. also read somewhere where it wasn't i thought Ekdu had a sack i'm pretty much not seeing that anywhere so i don't know exactly how they recorded all that but i thought overall that um the defense performance as well, and the secondary specifically, they're only going to get better, man. Like I said, there's a lot of new names in there, and um, just the communication and all that kind of stuff. I know the third and 20, that one kind of pissed me off. But, mm-hmm. you know, let's get them out the way early, and I think they're going to be fine. Man, I trust Coach Zach Etheridge, and those, 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 those are good names back there. Those are talented guys. It's all going to be all right. Yeah, Dustin, I, I sent a tweet out, man. You talked about the Kaufman play, and I sent the tweet out, and I said, did we just send Donovan Kaufman? Yeah. On a blitz on third and eighteen, like Derek Mason is no longer here, and then and then I'm watching the other night, and, and Oklahoma State's giving up forty five to Central Michigan or whoever they played. Man, um, it, it's just um, it, it's really nice to see, man. And and they you know they sent like you said, man, they sent Kaufman on the inside. They stunted him on the yeah. inside, and they didn't bring him off the edge. So the, I like the creativity there, man. That was it was nice, and that was just kind of. Kind of a little flash, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure they got more up their sleeve, and uh, you'll definitely see. Uh, I'm sure you'll see a lot more from Riley and Papo blitzing, and you know what it is. It was just it, it was just about getting getting everybody comfortable, um, getting some stuff on film, and you're going to see much of the same next week too. Mm-hmm. Um, it might turn out that Mercer might even be a little bit better than San Jose State, State off of what we've seen in the week one, anyway. So you're going to see much of the same next week as far as uh, scheme-wise on defense. But that's an opportunity to improve the communication, everybody to get more comfortable. The big thing for me too, Blake, it kind of goes unnoticed, but we get, we get out of this we get out of this game healthy. It didn't oh, feel yes. like anybody got hurt, and that's always a big thing with me when you're mm-hmm. in these cupcake kind of games. Yeah, Dustin, man, and, and I want to I wanna switch over here to the offensive side of the ball real quick. And I wanted to ask you, man, who was one guy that you were really expecting to see more of last night that uh, didn't get a lot of targets or, or uh, looks? Uh, well, I'm part of the Camden Brown hype train, so Absolutely. I definitely wanted to see Cam get uh, something. But he was out there. It's the first game. Maybe we'll see him next week. Mm-hmm. Um. 
kind of I, I kind of wanted to see I kind of wanted to see Xavier get some touches. I wanted to see Tavares get some touches. Uh, wanted to see Coy Moore. I don't even think Coy Moore had a target. I know he got the sweep, but yep. I don't even think he was targeted. So yeah, there's a couple guys there in receiver, you know. And uh, I see when we throw if TJ threw a 14 and Robbie threw a seven. So mm-hmm. no, yeah, not a lot of pass attempts there. So as long as guys just didn't get an opportunity, I'm hoping next week that we. I would like to see us throw the ball 30, 35 times next week. And uh, I feel like the rain delay probably got in the way, you know, messed yeah. up the flow of the game. You come back with basically a quarter to go. You're just trying to run the ball and get out of there. But, um, yeah, definitely, I would say definitely Tavares Dawson and uh, those guys. Yeah, man, uh, mine was Corey Moore. Uh, like you said, he didn't get a target. He had the sweep. I was really wanting to see him uh, get in there and, and see what he can do. Uh, talking about the wide receivers, Dustin, man, uh, I was looking at the separation last night, though, and, and it just looks so different than last year, man. Our receivers, they're getting separation. It looked, you know, Finley, uh, he looked pretty dang good the first half there before the two picks and everything, but it, it looked like our wide receivers were getting open, man. No, so Cedric Jackson's route running looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't falling down. You know, he was making runs after the catch. He had a, a nice conversion there where the ball was a little bit behind him. He reached back, you know, caught it and kept running. Mm-hmm. Uh, the route running just looked really clean. We had a couple of couple passes to the outside. Uh, J.J. Javoris, he, his, his route running was uh, excellent tonight. They were The guys, were, like I said, there was separation. They were, they were wide open. Um, yeah, that was good to see. And in the off season, the two hires that I was really excited about were I Killard and the uh, Cowboy Scout that we brought in. His name slips my mind, but to run the, the player personnel is going to be running recruiting basically. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two. Those are two big hires. And I Killard is just that was such a big hire for Brian Huge. to get. And you can see it, man. You can see it in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've already got two studs committed, and there's another one that's we're definitely definitely pushing hard for um so i'm very excited about the wide receiver room i think there's a lot of potential in there that's one thing that stood out to me buddy was the speed that we have yes. a lot of fast guys in that room yes. um, if we could just if we could just get them the ball but not the drops were tank had a bad drop and mm. uh shanker had a bad drop oh and, man you know so really well i thought the wide receivers played played really well yeah, Dustin, and, and uh, I, I really want to see Auburn open it up next week, man. And, and I want to see, yes, I want to see, uh, I want to see Auburn throw the football. But before I get to the quarterback situation, man, I want to talk about this offensive line. I sent out a tweet last night, said, hey, our offensive line is terrible. I uh, got a little backlash from it. You know, they were like, hey, it's a quarter and a half against Mercer. And I said, hey, look. This isn't an SEC offensive line, okay? Hey, I might get blasted for that. They might improve. I hope they do, man. But what are your thoughts on the offensive line last night? Yeah, well, if you're looking at the – I think it got better. Mm-hmm. It definitely was a rough start, uh, especially on the inside runs. Yep. And, I mean, a lot of those yards came from, from Tank busting it outside. Yep. Um, and then Robbie, you know, Robbie making big plays. But I will, you know, on on Robbie's play, I felt like on the zone replays they blocked really well. I thought that those were by far the best plays, running plays. They blocked, you know, they, they did well on those. Um, but it was, you know, the, these numbers, man. If you're looking at the Pro Football Focus numbers, it kind of backs it up. But uh, mm-hmm. Tate Johnson actually was the highest rated one. He had he was 80.9 in mm-hmm. pass blocking, and then 71.4 in run blocking. Next, you've got Austin Troxel. 
was 75.8 in pass and then 77 in run. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when you get down here, man, so some of these guys like Stutz, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. It was his first night. Yeah. Uh, but Brandon Council, I mean, Brandon Council in the running, uh, man, it's not going to cut his 58.6. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy that's, uh, that started plenty of games. It's just, that's a, that's the SOCON. That's the Mercer mm-hmm. Bears, you know. Yep. We've got we've got bigger bigger fish to fry coming down the line, man. So no, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, one thing that is I will say about it is you had some new starters in there with Stutz and, and mm-hmm. Tate, and this is that unit's first game, and I do think they improved as the game went on. So one of the things where definitely a lot of stuff to work on during the week and improve on Saturday. That was. It was concerning because, like you said, it's we're going on several years now where this has been a concern, and it, it didn't seem to get that much better last night. Yeah, man, and, and that was when I had Lance Dahl on here. He said that was his biggest concern. Uh, was He said, Blake, every time I watch practice, man, he said the offensive line just still sticks out to me as not being an SEC caliber offensive line. And I said, well, you know, does it look better than last year? And he said – not better than last year, Blake. He said, I hate to tell you, man, but uh, it's the same old offensive line. And, hey, one thing about the offensive line, like you said in the stats right there, they're not bad in, in pass blocking. Okay, it, that that's not the problem, man. The problem is, like you said, with Tank having to bust everything outside. And, you know, it, it's, it's the run blocking, man. Tank having to avoid contact in the backfield. Jarquez, man, it, it's just uh, – you're not going to win many SEC games with that. Listen to the listen to the discrepancy in this, okay? Mm-hmm. You have Killian Zaire. His pass block rating was 78. Mm-hmm. His run blocking was 55.4. God. <laughs> Jalil Irvin. His pass blocking was 77.3. His run block rating was 57.4. <laughs> Keandre Jones. His pass blocking 83. His run blocking 53.8. God. I mean, that tells that that's your point exactly, right there. Yeah, it, it, it's man, it's got to get better because, hey, like you said, man, it, we got bigger fish to fry. Honestly, uh, it's the SoCon with Mercer and and look, <laughs> I'm not disrespecting Mercer, man. They're a good FCS team. I think they're ranked like 23rd. No, they're uh, a solid program. Yeah, good yeah, solid program, man. Um, no disrespect to them, but this is an SEC football team, man. And and when you get to the likes of of Arkansas and Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and and things like that, man. Uh, the big dogs, Florida, and stuff like that. Uh, it, you you got to be better, man. And and Dustin, I, I want to talk about the biggest thing that ev- I think everybody else wants to talk about is the quarterback position, man. Uh, T.J. Finley gets the opening day start and played pretty well, in, in my opinion, uh, up until about uh, two minutes left before the half, right there. And uh, you know, he had a couple good drives. The opening drive, he stood in there and took a lick and delivered a nice ball and that was encouraging to see that, that was our, my favorite play of his of the night yeah man uh our quarterback didn't actually uh run outside of the pocket yeah. and try to be superman and you know make a play that he didn't really have to to make so um, i put that on i put that on uh facebook last night i said hey man i said he stood in the pocket and he took a shot where he knew he was going to get hit he stepped into the throat delivered a nice ball and that that is what you want to see all right, and then I was really impressed with Harson throwing 
Robbie Ashford in so early. I wanted him to see. I wanted to see him throw the football a little bit more early, but I was just really excited just to see him in the game that early. And man, I wanted your thoughts, Dustin, because they they went back and forth until right there. You know, in the second half, man, uh, Robbie kind of took it over. Uh, next week, going into San Jose State, what do you feel like Harson's going to do? Well, you know, that's a uh, – man, that's one of these guys get paid a lot of money because, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't think we got – I think the situation that was already kind of cloudy got a little bit cloudier. Yeah. Um, and it sucks because it's really two throws from TJ. It's it's two decisions. Um, yep. But they were just – they were really bad, you know. Uh one of them leading the points right before half, and then obviously the other one you're driving. Yeah, it's just not – you can't have it. And even though he won the battle in the offseason, he didn't – we all know he didn't win it running away. I mean, he didn't get announced until a week before. So it was it was obviously close. And like you said, based off of how early Robbie got put into the game, that was obviously a game plan. I didn't – we've heard it. But just being conditioned with having Gus Miles on for almost a decade – um, I'm not used to believing what a coach says. Yep. <laughs> so you know, but still trying to get used to that. But it was nice, man. It was they they told us it was going to happen. It clearly was a game plan. And uh, I mean, Robbie came in and popped right away. I thought that, like we talked about off 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 air about Bo Nix. You know, I thought Bo there was obviously an improvement under his first year at Halston or Harson, excuse me, from the previous regime. Yep. I think that TJ, that was the best that I've seen TJ in an Auburn uniform. I mm-hmm. mean, several of those throws were great throws. I mean, really, those, the interceptions were the only bad ones. Yep. Um, so that's what kind of sucks about that. And it's like, dang, dude, he was he was having such a good night. I started off eight for nine. Um, I think that going into next week, man, I think, I think that if TJ was inaccurate, if he had showed – if it was worse, you know, if there, were, if there was more struggles than what there were, I think that it would probably be Robbie. But mm-hmm. I feel like because TJ had more good reps than bad, it's just those bad reps were turnovers, and that's Arsenal's not going to play that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're going to go with TJ one more week, but I think if, say, say Robbie, Robbie has a significantly better week of practice this week, maybe go with Robbie. I think that it's, it's that close at this point. The little bit of separation that TJ had, I think Robbie pulled it pulled it right there in their neck and neck. And I don't think that TJ did enough to lose his spot. But if you see anything next week or if Robbie just pops more and if you know, if these uh if we continue to struggle running the ball in a traditional fashion, it might have to be Robbie by default. Yep. Just so we can create some yardage on the ground. Yeah, Dustin, my thing with with TJ, man, is I thought he I thought he played exceptional up to that first pick, man, and it just it just brought me back to last year as as he has trouble reading that safety, man, and I know he let both throws go thinking that they were completions, and he let them go with confidence, and he never never saw. The safety, man. Yeah, yeah. That 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 second one, he never saw him, and 
that right there, when you play an SEC quality opponent, you cannot have that. And, you know, we saw it last year in the Iron Bowl. He, he threw the pick, and that sparked Alabama right there. And, you know, I was talking to my dad last night, and my dad said, look, man, you can't have just careless turnovers like that. And that is that that's kind of my point of next week against San Jose State, man, is I think that they're going to go with TJ – and they're not going to give up on him so quick because that could, you know, just kill a kid's confidence and everything. And I think they're going to let these two battle it out. But I want to see Auburn really open up the playbook with Robbie and let him throw the football more and let us see him just actually have a, you know, a full half maybe of just airing the football out. Because look, San Jose State, they almost lost to Portland State. I think it was like 21 to 17. Okay. So I, I know San Jose State, they've given Brian Harson fits when he was at Boise and all that stuff. You know, kudos to that and everything. But Auburn should manhandle San Jose State. And I want to see Auburn really get Robbie Ashford in the game, spread it out, and throw the football. And let's see what he's got before we go into Penn State, man. Because, look, I, I think Robbie Ashford's the guy, man. Dustin, I, I think he I think he has to be the starting quarterback for this team to win football games. And one of my biggest points is here, you watch the zone run game, Dustin. You watch the zone run game. All right, when we run zone with – Robbie, all right, there's there's gaps that are open, all right, because you have to respect Robbie in that run game. And defenses know with TJ, man, he, he you don't have to respect TJ as a runner. You don't. And I just think that there is more success, like you said, on the ground for this Auburn team to really open up this offense with Robbie Ashford. And I think he has to be the guy. I really do. Yeah, it very well might, and it's probably, it's probably going to progress that way next week. And it, again, it might not be any fault of TJ's. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just a different dynamic, man. And like when when the team has to respect Robbie's running ability, that's that gives you an opportunity to have guys open downfield mm-hmm. more so than you're going to have with TJ. Most likely, it's just, and if we're not if we're not lining up. And running the ball in between the tackles mm-hmm. in these SEC games, which so far there's no reason for us to believe that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I hope it changes, but you know, to date, I haven't seen anything that makes me believe that. So, yeah, man, it might be having to put Robbie in there, running kind of that Nick Marshall offense, but yep. obviously still a little bit of what Harson wants to do. But um, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be fun. I'll say this: it's uh. I, I, th- I think I'm with you. I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. personally just as a fan, I like the mobile quarterback more just because when everything breaks down, you still got an option. Um, especially in college, that really, you just, things can really get chaotic and to have a guy that can just make a crazy play. Um, that's probably, how, I agree with you, that's probably how it's going to go. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun to watch, dude. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for Robbie Ashford, man. And, and what he said after the game, Auburn gave him a chance. They gave him a chance to come back home uh, in his state, you know, from Birmingham, Alabama and everything. Played right there at Hoover, man. And, and uh, I'm excited for him. I really am. I, I think he's the guy. And, Dustin, I wanted to ask you, man, one last one last question before I let you get out of here, man. What were your thoughts on the on the wrinkles in the offense and, and some of the option plays that we got to see lining Robbie Ashford up out at wide receiver and him coming across and, and pitching to, to Jarquez right there? I believe it was Jarquez. And, and uh, just, just a little 
the little wrinkles and stuff that we wouldn't see from a Mike Bobo offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I was a horse in the, in the interview after the game. He said that you know it gets uh, in the middle of fall camp. It's kind of boring. It's kind of monotonous, and uh, they got to do stuff to excite the guys. So that's just a fun play for them, and they got to put it in the game and run it. And I'm all for it, man. You, you know, it's uh, we're gonna have to get creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to manufacture some yards. And this isn't um. It's not a Brian Horson problem, per se. Really, it goes back to some really bad decisions years ago in recruiting and just not having a focus. The, the, the last couple of years of Gus's tenure, man, they just were not focused on recruiting offensive line by yep. numbers or talent-wise. They just missed on a lot of guys. They basically just completely neglected the tackle position his last couple of years. Yep. Um, and now you're seeing you're seeing that play out on the field. So we're going to have to turn it around in recruiting first. We're going to have to get talented guys in here. We're going to have to have a system established. Um, it's going to take time to fix this offensive line. So until then, we're going to have to do some creative things to manufacture rushing yards and make the teams mm-hmm. respect us on the ground. So a lot of sweeps. I know they were trying to get all these fast guys, these Dawsons, you know, Malcolm Johnson. Coy Moore trying to get all these quick guys in space with the ball so you saw a lot of sweeps they weren't particularly successful but um, it's I'm all for it man and like I said because it's necessity it's something mm-hmm. that we're just going to have to do yeah, man, and I don't know if a lot of people actually know this, uh, that uh, some people that listen to this podcast that might not follow Auburn as closely as we do, but at one point in the Gus Malzahn era, Dustin, we had defensive linemen playing offensive line. All right, We had guys that we recruited for the defensive line have to switch over to offensive line and play at tackle, guard, okay? That can't happen. Yes, but bro, that can't happen. I, I don't care, uh, you know, if you win eight games a year. Stuff like that cannot happen, man. If you ever want to be a championship program, it can't happen. So, you know, we're always going to have running backs for, I don't know, if we made some deal with the football gods way back in the day. We're always going to have <laughs> running backs. I mean, look at the yes. guys we got right now. Um but obviously, everyone knows it's the SEC. You win it up front, and the running backs can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw someone saying that Cam led the nation or had the most broke tackles last night, uh, and that's typical because Tank has to make you miss to get yards. So, Absolutely. you know, uh, just really have to see those guys up front. They're really going to have to get it together, man. Um, I'm encouraged by Tate. I'm really encouraged by Tate Johnson. That was my biggest question mark, and mm-hmm. I thought he played well. So, you know, the hope would be that those guys just get some continuity together and uh, throughout the season it improves. Um, I saw the Will Friend, you know. I mean, you're yeah. going to have to develop and figure something out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Dustin, man, um, after watching this game last night and, and – uh, seeing this team perform, man, and I know the rain delay and it kind of got vanilla down. And even before in the first half, man, it was very vanilla on both sides of the ball, man. What would you grade last night's performance? And then the second part of this question, Dustin, is do you think this Auburn team can actually get to eight wins this year? Yeah, so I would give the overall, I would give the night a C plus to a B minus. Um, 
you really have a different game if you take those two turnovers away. Yep. And uh, I would like to see us create more turnovers. There was a couple times that they had a ball on the ground and went right there. Like we gotta we gotta start coming up with that. Mm-hmm. But again, very vanilla scheme last night defensively. So you probably didn't put yourself in a lot of situations to create turnovers. Um, eight wins is definitely possible, man. I think I feel the same way I felt last year about the Penn State game. It's just the big swing game. Um, if you win that Penn State game, then you're going to have a lot of momentum just off of the name beating Penn State. It's going to be it's going to be big, you know, big news. It's going to be hype. It's going to be on CBS. Mm-hmm. So, and we need that. We need that kind of win. It's been a while since we've won that kind of game. And mm-hmm. just thinking off the top of my head, we're on a little bit of a losing streak to the Big Ten, and that's pretty annoying. So. I think that's going to be that's going to be the telling moment. That's going to be if we win that game. Obviously, can't overlook Missouri right there. But if you're going into LSU four and zero, you really have an opportunity to to have a good season. And the thing to remember is we're coming off of back to back six win seasons. We lost five in a row, so it's nice just to get the win. But getting getting to eight wins, if we get to eight wins, Blake, you'll see recruiting. Easily finish in the top twenty, probably top fifteen. Yep. You'll be able to get transfer portal guys, and that would it'll be you know that would definitely be a step up. Like you definitely progress, you definitely move the needle, you definitely mm-hmm. got the program going the right direction. If you go eight and four, and then win the bowl game, and finish nine and four, mm. then you know everything. The sky's the limit at that point. You're really you're really back on track if you handle all this stuff the right way. But I think it's definitely possible. It's just we got some games here coming up in a couple weeks that are really going to determine that. And then, like we talked about previously, it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight every week in this SEC West. There's just not a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. All these teams have some problems, and a lot of us are still trying to figure out quarterback. And so it's going to be it's going to be a grind. But it's it's possible, man. Eight wins is nine wins is definitely it's definitely possible. But the one thing I would like to see next week is. Let's let's get QB one figured out. Let's yes. know who it is going into week three, and so that guy can get the reps, and we can get the offense completely for. If it's going to be Robbie, let's go ahead and get you know the right running plays, the right packages established, mm-hmm. and let's get him all the reps he needs to get this thing off and rolling. So I feel good. Um, I know that this locker room has more intangibles than any Auburn locker room that we've had in a long time. These mm-hmm. guys want to play for each other. They want to play for their coach. Everybody that didn't want to be there left. Mm-hmm. Everybody that everybody that's in that room is 100% bought in. And I'll make this final point. Last year, we won our first two games and won away. 66-0, you know, 60-3, whatever those were. We blew them out. Mm-hmm. And that didn't mean piss in the end, did it? We still yep. went 6-7. and seven. Yep. So and we, put those, and we, were, we were perfect in week one and week two. I think it's actually better to have stuff to work on to go back and say we can do this we can do this and I think it's going to lead to a much better performance next week and you know we'll, like I said man that Penn State game right there that's going to be that's going to be the swing game that's going to be our opportunity to turn all the, a lot of this negative media stuff around and, and really you know really get things going in a positive direction so I'm optimistic and uh, I just can't wait man I'm already ready for 6.30 next week 
Yeah, Dustin, man, great breakdown there, and and yeah, that Penn State game. It's going to be the telltale. Uh, we will find out. We will find out what Auburn is like right there, week three, man. Can't wait for it. Jordan Hare is going to be rocking. It's going to be insane, man. Uh, Dustin, I really appreciate you coming on today, man. Uh, thank you for joining me again. If you could drop your drop your social media stuff so all my listeners can follow you. Yeah, man, I had a good time. I appreciate you having me on, brother. It's D M I C H A U D. 28 love that man well dustin hey i know you'll be back on here soon and i know you got some stuff in the works and uh i i can't wait to link up again man oh yes sir anytime brother appreciate you war eagle war eagle dustin wow everybody dustin smith coming on for another episode of the uptempo podcast really enjoyed it great breakdown of auburn hey we were a little critical at times but we're not gonna sunshine pump on this podcast okay uh, we're going to break it down to you and give you the good stuff. We're going to give you the meat and potatoes and how we really feel. We're not going to give you all the, the glitz and glamour every episode, okay, of how Auburn is just going to go 15-0 and 0 and they're going to beat everybody in the SEC. That's not what we're going to do on this podcast. So uh, I, I really appreciate Dustin and keeping it real, uh, authentic, and that's what I love about this. It's, it's authentic takes. And so um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this episode. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap this one up. I'm going to end it with a war damn eagle. I'm ready for Saturday night. And let's let's get this season off to a a damn good start. So I'll see y'all. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.